Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome to the Black Health Academy. How was that? <laughs> How was that? The, the me, me, me took me out the game. Oh, I always got to warm up and make I sure. Never, you know, I didn't know how seductive yeah. your voice was. Yeah, I know. This I know. Is, this, is, this is a structured no, don't, podcast. Don't worry about it. It's a lot, you know, just just say thank you and move on. Oh, I love it. No me, problem. Me, me, me. Yeah. Because how you just going to break out singing and you don't even know if your voice is ready? The way you opened that up did everything for me. Don't worry. Listen, <laughs> it's so many things that we've been through. And that's the least I could have done. You know what? The Black Health Academy podcast is what everything, mm -hmm. you are everything we need. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I was going to come on real stiff. Hi, guys. Welcome to. No. But no, no. No, I'm not bragging or anything. I knew I was perfect. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Black Health Academy podcast podcast formerly known as the professionally fit podcast the black health academy is an affordable membership site and community dedicated to the eradication and the prevention of some of the most common chronic diseases and illnesses in the black community i'll be your host and black health academy founder miss lisa a smith joined by my singing mm -hmm. dreaded Go on. eyebrow pierce yep. plant-based uh -huh. mother or two amen phenomenal friend nasm certified nasm certified nutrition certified miss get fit with jay we yeah. have been rocking together oh my goodness so how long we been podcasting together jay oh has it been we've reached our year right have we? i don't know because i was thinking about that the other day i meant to ask you wow I was over here like, let me see, you was 20. I'm thinking about how long we've been friends, right. like 15 years. Oh, about the podcast, I don't know. Yeah, it's been a long time. So if you are followers of Jay and I, we are, again, formerly the Professionally Fit Podcast. Professionally Fit is my first company, um, but we're moving this podcast over to the Black Health Academy platform. The Black Health Academy will be dedicated to educating you all um, and teaching you and instructing you on how to reverse illness, how to prevent chronic disease, and how to live your best life and be your best self through health alone. We're introducing a new segment on the Black Health Academy podcast called Driven, where we'll be highlighting an African-American in the medical field and or a community who has made a significant contribution to our health our, and our well-being. So on today, we are actually going to be highlighting Miss Henrietta Lacks. Jay, you've heard of Henrietta Lacks, haven't you? Yes, I've heard of her from you. And then I just recently did my own research. Okay. So Henrietta Lacks is a, uh, she was a poor black tobacco farmer born in Virginia um, in, in 1920 and became one of the most important women in medicine accidentally because her sales were actually stolen from her. Right. So she was diagnosed with cancer. And she, at the time she was going to the black ward of the Johns Hopkins Hospital and she was constantly complaining of ab abdominal pain and they kept sending her home and mm -hmm. eventually it was discovered that she had cancer but by that time it was too late and she right. eventually passed in 1951 of cancer but at the time the doctor actually um, scraped her cells, began to use them in medical research, and it turns out her cells were immortal. Mm -hmm. So um, typically when cells are taken out of the body, they die after so many days. 
but her cells were the first to be immortal and were able to reproduce on their own, whereby they were able to be used for a ton of research in the medical field. Henrietta Lacks cells actually uh, are part of the reason that polio was cured. Right. Um, it's been so much uh, movement and, uh, um, excuse me, so many um advances in medicine made because because of her with regard to cloning gene mapping even vitro fertilization mm -hmm. uh cancer research alzheimer's research parkinson's disease are all because of the hella cells they're called hella cells uh, they've been sold by pharmaceutical companies to doctors and other hospitals and medical facilities throughout the world her cells have been shipped to outer space to see how uh, our cells respond to the atmosphere's atmospheric pressure and outer space i mean phenomenal phenomenal Absolutely. groundbreaking research has been done by this black woman cells and she never knew about it they mm -hmm. were stolen post-mortem her family was never properly compensated for them uh, oprah's done a movie about it a book has been written about her so i mean just a phenomenal phenomenal contribution to medical field but not quite the recognition she deserves yeah and they said that her they grew herself so much to this date is capable of wrapping around the Earth's equator more than three times. Wow. More than three times. But actually, an update, in 2013, her family actually was compensated. Like you said, rightly compensated, and you were absolutely right. But mm -hmm. they were compensated in 2013. I don't think there's enough money no. for her contribution, but they actually did get some recognition in 2013, and they got some compensation, and they um, finally gave the um, permission mm -hmm. for them to release certain documentaries and certain books. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. I guess, you know, they gave us a few pennies to shut us up. Yeah, to rub together. Oh, yeah. boy, I tell you. I know. Um, but so that is our, again, our new segment called Driven, where every episode will be highlighting an individual who has contributed to our health in not only the black community, but worldwide. So because of her, we have permission to get into the driver's seat of our own lives, get out of the passenger seat of your health and get into the driver's seat. It is our responsibility to uh, navigate this life and our health, not our doctors, not our loved ones. Um, they should be co-workers with regard to your health. They shouldn't be navigating Absolutely. how you, yes. you know, how 100%. you live your life, right? 100%. So, um, thank you, Henrietta Lacks, for your contribution. <laughs> but uh, real quick, before we get into the next segment, I'm sitting here drinking tea, and I can feel like the caffeine start to get to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking about how you just calmly poured yours out without <laughs> saying nothing. You knew I was drinking too much tea. Why you didn't say anything? You gave me that big cup of black tea. You know black tea got the most caffeine in it, and I was not about to sit up here. Why are we not in this together? Why didn't you say, Jay, we've both been drinking too much tea. I'm going to call it quits, and I'm just going to drink H2O. You should do the same. I knew it. I didn't know because you drink more tea than me. Okay. And maybe you could handle more. Maybe your system could take it. It's almost like you was prepared. See, I don't like being around quick-witted people sometimes. You know? It's no. like the wit is too quick. You should have been stumped. You should have been like, I'm sorry. You got, you, you're right. Uh -uh. You had an answer. Okay. You got to switch over to decaf. I'm telling you. I feel like decaf is like a waste of time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's why I just switched over to water. But yeah, you can't. It's like a placebo. Like, <laughs> no. Who does that? I don't have a pre-existing condition. Why would I need decaf? <laughs> 
right, you ready to go uh, do wait what? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's dive into wait what? what? Wait what is our segment where Jay and I identify something we either saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait what? As you take a sip. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me get this little tea, the little sip of tea down first before I dive into wait what? So I'm out of sight of my kid's school at the door. And, like, the way when she comes out of the school, like, the parents are all, like, at the door kind of waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, some parents wait in their car, but some, you know, parents like me that, the, you know, the helicopter parents got to be at the door to see what's going on. So, it's like me. Did you say helicopter parent? Oh, you never heard that term? I've been called a helicopter parent since my kid, since I, Morgan, was a baby. Helicopter parent means you hover around your kid. You hover too much. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You a helicopter. You a, yeah, you're a chopper. Yeah. 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 My mother always called me that helicopter. Stop being such a helicopter parent. Like, wow. fall back. Yeah. Wow. That is so, so funny. Yeah, I'm definitely, I know I'm a helicopter parent. I, I'm always hovering somewhere. And even if I'm not physically with them, I'm hovering over, like, texting what's going on or, you know, I, I got to know what's going on with my kids. I'm yeah. just, I just hey, need to know. Hey, it is what it is. I love it. Okay. Um, but so I'm, we're all waiting. It's maybe about 15 of us. And so there's a lady, two ladies standing next to me. And the ladies, they recognize each other. And they were like, oh, my God, I know you from such and such and such and such. And they started talking about the lady, you know, schools and things like that. And she was like, yeah, I moved from this district to now this district. Because when my son, you know, she was like, you know, my son was murdered. Now, this, this is where my weight what comes in. She said, you know my son was murdered, and I just had to just move and stuff. The lady goes, yeah, you know I was at the funeral. Made it about her. Oh, said, okay, gosh. Okay. Obviously, this lady is still hurt. She, you know, like, it's still new, because when you say you know, that means if something was 15 years ago, you're not going to say you know. Right. So yeah, the lady was like, oh, she was like, I was so distraught. She said, so many people tell me they was there. She was like, I don't I don't know who was who there. Was who there? wasn't there. Like, my mind wasn't knowing who was there or not. Right. And she's like, yeah, girl, I was there, and I was, you know, and then, and then, and then. So they kept talking, and the lady said, brought something else back up about her um, her son being murdered. She was like, oh. She was like, yeah, just been, you know, feeling type of this type of way because, you know, his birthday is on. She named some date. That's my anniversary. <gasps> I, I, I was like, oh, my, wait. Couldn't take it. I could not take it. Yeah. Can you let this lady, because I'm sure every time she talks about it, it's like, a, you know, right. healing her a little bit. Right. It's kind of a form of therapy when you talk about it. She does not need you to compare her son's death. To your happy, like, it's not your moment. It's not your moment. In the old-fashioned American way, we got to bring everything back to Full us. Full circle to her. Nothing was about her. His funeral, oh, that, yeah, I, yeah, I was there. His his death, the date, oh, that's my, I mean, she was going to find something, something. to make it back I, to I her. I was like, wait, what? Oh, you can't cl- do that. Classic. And I don't know, we might have some new listeners, but. Uh, one of Jay and I's pet peeves are listening or having conversations with people who never let the subject matter stay on the subject matter and always finds a way to implant themselves into the conversation. And that's about, what do you think percent of the population does that? Oh, shoot, 90? Yeah, easy. Very very high percentage, you know, and, and... Sometimes I understand that it's a way for people to relate to the other person. Right. 
right? You, you, it's maybe an uncomfortable conversation and you're not exactly sure what to say. So you think of something about yourself. Oh yeah, I had that or I did that or yeah, my uncle just passed too. It's like, no, let's just stay on this person. Yeah, let's focus on me for it. Right, whether it's sad or whether we're celebrating something. Like just let the conversation, you'll be, it's so crazy how much more engaging the conversation becomes when uh, the listener doesn't try and reroute it back to them. Right. Absolutely. People get really excited when you ask a follow-up question like, oh, my goodness, you yeah. know, what do you usually do on his birthday to honor him or right. to versus it's my anniversary? Exactly. That could have easily been, yeah, like you said, yeah. what do you do to honor him? You know, yeah. that could have easily, and eventually the conversation will steer back to so you will get your moment. You'll get your moment. when a person says something, just ask a follow-up question. Be interested in more than just getting it right back to you. Exactly. I mean, everybody wants their shine, but conversations don't. They don't have to necessarily go, you, me, me, you. Like, it can be you, 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 still you, maybe never me. Have a nice day. (laughs) Right. You know? Um, Yeah, that's a very hard one for people to do. I think we feel obligated to contribute to the conversation sometimes, too. Because sometimes I don't have necessarily anything. So I just, wow, really? Okay. That's, you know. It, it, it sometimes don't even require a follow-up question, but I'm so conscious of not being like, yeah, yeah me I'm too. I do that it. too. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, my weight, what? So I was talking to my masseuse and she was telling me about a client that she has who has this really, really rare condition. Mm-hmm. So this lady, every time her heart rate gets up really, really high, mm-hmm. she goes blind. Absolutely not. Yes. Have you ever heard anything like that? Absolutely not. So her heart rate gets up, she loses her vision. When her heart rate comes back down, her vision comes back. Really? I've never heard of this, right? So that's not even the way what. So somebody like just scared her and her heart rate went up. I don't know. I don't know if the heart rate has to be up for a certain amount of time. Because so... So this lady does triathlons, right? Right. So that's where the the swimming, the running, and the biking, right? Mm -hmm. She now, if you have a condition where mm-hmm. when your heart rate goes up, you go you go blind. The average person will what? Not let their heart rate go. Exactly, up. <laughs> the average person will avoid getting in a situation where you're going to experience blindness, right? <laughs> well, this superstar does triathlons, loves doing triathlons, and so she has a seeing eye person. So you know they got seeing eye dogs. Mm-hmm. She has an individual, listen to this, who does the triathlons with her so that when she goes blind, she can keep going. So basically, they navigate her on her bike. They tell her, you know, which way to run, how to swim. A see, basically, a seeing-eye dog, but a human. I'm so how impressed. dedicated, I'm so Jay. impressed on so many levels. Girl, I was so impressed. How dedicated are you to your, to your passion, to what makes you happy? To greatness. To greatness. That you will have a seeing eye person because forget that. Forget this condition. Forget, my vision ain't got nothing to do with me enjoying these triathlons. I'm impressed actually with also with the person that's me too. running that's that's the net. <laughs> Baby, I got you. Yes, yes. Go ahead. I'm just as fit as you are. You hiring somebody to do triathlons with you so you can. Man, that is dopeness. That's so at dope. it's finest. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that's dopeness at its yeah. finest. Absolutely. Right? So, like, that, that's what we always speak of, like, the non-negotiable, yes. the core values, yes. the things you will not compromise on. Bottom line, like, I know somebody who, you know, got into some type of 
medical issue. I don't know what it was, but they end up being um, kind of like they had to be seated and they couldn't stand that much. It was their foot, a foot issue. Okay. And they were really fit, but once they couldn't um, work out, they gained a lot of weight. Okay. And I was like, well, being healthy and stuff must not have been a core value because you still can do, first of all, stuff when you're sitting down. And secondly, you just eat better as well. Hello. You have to go harder with your nutrition. Hello. So it's not like, oh, well, I can't work out. Let me just eat like I was or let me just feel sorry for myself and even eat worse than what I was. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if being healthy and being fit is a core value, you don't compromise. For anything. You don't compromise. I was in the gym just two days ago, and a gentleman rolled into his wheelchair, one leg. He done lifted himself out the wheelchair, got on the app machine, and was doing crunches on the app machine. His wheelchair sitting right there next to it. I said, you know what? There's no excuses. No. There's no excuse. Like, how bad do you want this thing? Yeah. You know? Wasn't nobody rolling him. Ain't nobody help lift him. He in here by himself, one leg, getting rid of that gut. <laughs> Not playing games. He's not playing games. Listen, there are testimonies out here. You just got to be around and hear them. So, hypertension. Sleep apnea. Social anxiety. Knee pain. Eating disorders. Joint pain. Food addictions. Diabetes. High cholesterol. Social fears. Stroke. Back pain. And heart disease. Okay. What are all of those connected to? Obesity. Obesity. That's what we're talking about today. What is it? How do you eradicate it? And most importantly, what are the implications of it? Obesity is by far one of the most common chronic diseases in our community today. Uh, Two-thirds of Americans are obese and one out of three are overweight. Excuse me, it's reversed. One out of three are are obese and two out of three are overweight. Mm -hmm. Uh, America is leading in uh, the most obese country in the world by far, follow, uh, follow up by Mexico. And obesity, so Jay, do you know, what do you consider obesity? Over 30% body fat. Okay, so your BMI, right? So your body mass index yes. determines whether or not you're obesity. Right. Or whether I'm going to be obese. honest, that's just the textbook in me talking. Mm-hmm. My eyes determine obesity. <laughs> I'm going to keep it 100. Yeah. Like when I look at you, I determine if you're obesity because I don't really know your body mass index. But my, I can determine by looking well, at Well, yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell. By, I think most of us can tell by looking at somebody. You know, right. you can tell a little overweight. So, but technically, it's your body mass index. Right. Yeah. So we're going to address specifically obesity today, not just whether or not you're overweight, because um, obesity is a whole nother animal, right? Absolutely. And so by a doctor's standards, you're determined to be obese if your BMI is 30 or higher. Right. And your BMI is basically your height to weight ratio. And there's you could just Google BMI, you put in your height, you put in your weight um, into these special calculators, and it'll give you your BMI. And ideally, what I like to tell clients who are just trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle is that you want your BMI to be in the low 20s at mm-hmm. the max, right? And if somebody's, you know, doing fitness competitions or training for something, then sometimes, you know, you can get down into your teens, which can be healthy too, but it's just harder to maintain. But your BMI, ideally, you want to hover right around 20 to 22, So a BMI of 30 or above is considered obese. Mm -hmm. And again, one out of three Americans are obese. However, um, African-Americans are 50% more obese than our white 
counterparts. So non-Hispanic blacks are the most obese demographic in the U.S. You know, it's so funny that things are, what you're passionate about is what you, how you see the world. Mm-hmm. Like when I go out to the world, I, I'm just, that's the first, I remember you and I were joking um, about that. But when you go into the world, like that's the first thing I noticed, mm-hmm. like your fitness level. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really fit? Are you kind of fit? Are you overweight or are you obese? But I remember when you and I were downtown and we were joking about like if we got robbed. Do you remember that? No. What did we say? We would have no description of their face. We'll be like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> looks like they haven't been to the gym in uh, one point uh, five years. They their body mass index is this. They look like they uh, <laughs> possibly could run on a treadmill for about five minutes uh, without getting tired. Definitely couldn't do ten. Like, <laughs> like uh, I don't know how they look in the face, ma'am. Can you give me a facial description? No, no, no race. I no idea. <laughs> I don't know. No idea. <laughs> Definitely American because we're in America, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely know like, they probably were. American. They had a slight anterior tilt. It looks like core strength was right. subpar. Why? <laughs> Have them do a plank. I'm sure they're dropping at 20 seconds. Uh, yeah, and I say that to say I always notice the family ratio with obesity, yes. and it really saddens me, and it's very disheartening because when I see children, and I then I see their parents and their sisters and brothers, they usually have the same type of body yes, makeup. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, if they're overweight, so are their parents. If they are, I rarely, rarely. Now, I will see a small parent with an obese child. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see, I mean, I'm sorry. I will see an obese parent with a small child. Yes. But I rarely see an obese um, child with a small parent. Yes. And the um, usually the reason why the child is still small is because some children are athletes. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of children these days have said no to a lot of junks. Well, I've had parents say, I try to give my child, and they say no, and they still continue. So obesity definitely is a learned behavior. Would you say that? I think obesity is a seriously a learned behavior, and I just want to address the gene and hereditary argument right now Okay. before we even get into it because so often individuals believe it is their fate, right? And that they never had a choice. My mom, my father, my grandmother, all of my aunts, and three of my cousins are overweight. Mm -hmm. So I am too, right? And so we have a tendency to often take the responsibility off of ourselves, right? And put it on uh, nature versus nurture, uh, environment, and things like this. But I heard one of the best quotes to help explain Gene and Hereditary this week. I think you're going to like it. Your genes load the gun, but your diet and lifestyle pulls the trigger. Absolutely. Shout out to whoever came up with that quote. Absolutely. And we say that all the time. Yes. We all have certain genes, but how you eat and how you live is what determines what is is expressed. Yes. Like you express genes from the way. That doesn't mean you don't, don't have the gene. but you express it by how you live and how you eat and how you treat your body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like certain cancer cells can just be waiting, waiting to um, multiply and be form a tumor. But you can also eat antioxidants, work out, and eradicate some of those cells to, to prevent them from, like there are certain things that goes on in your body that you have control over. 100%. And, and obesity is definitely one of those things. Yes, you are not destined to an obese fate just because 
everyone in your family is. Um, what runs in your family is not the gene, but the eating and lifestyle habits, the sedentary mm-hmm. lifestyle, right? And the mindset that you are supposed to be, you know, overweight is what runs in your family. And so obesity, like all of these chronic diseases we named in the beginning, it's, it, a lot of them start with obesity, especially mm-hmm. type 2 diabetes, especially hypertension, mm-hmm. chronic back and knee and joint pain, chronic fatigue, depression, low self-esteem, eating disorders. These are all stemmed from obesity and helps perpetuate that life cycle. Um, you know, I was reading, I was at a client's house recently, and this is just a sign of the times, but we actually found an old magazine in her closet from March of 1985. I was Mm -hmm. like, wait, what? (laughs) And it was in decent condition. I said, girl, you got to get rid of some stuff. But it was from March of 1985, (laughs) Ebony Magazine, and I was rummaging through this magazine, just oohing and on at like all of the ads and all the black people and how we look different and dress different, you know, in that year. And in the back of the magazine, there was an ad of this black woman in a bikini that said, too skinny. Mm-hmm. And it was advertising this thing called Ectoplan, which was a pill you could take to gain weight. Right. In 1985. Now, what do you think you'll see if you flip to an Ebony magazine? Weight loss pills. 100%. Hands down. Weight loss. A new diet you can try, a new weight loss regimen you can try, a tea, a detox, right? Right. Um, and I was like, wow, in 1985, we were trying to get people to gain weight. Right. And now it's all about you losing. Know, losing. Yeah, absolutely. Because we didn't have, it was when uh, fat-free and light things and diet things were promoted yes. and distributed is when, you know, the weight increase happened. Um, I want to say that was around, was that around in the 1980s? Yeah, it was in the 80s. It was in the 1980s. It was in the 80s. When that happened. When we saw a surge of weight gain in the country. Yeah, Yeah. so the the fat-free diet and, you know, sugar-free and all that stuff happened. And that that is where obesity pretty much derived from. Yeah. When people started, and then they gave them a pass. Mm Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's absolutely not healthier. It's very, very unhealthy. So it gave you this false hope on this false premise that it was healthy and it absolutely wasn't. And, mm-hmm. it, and, it created, and then it was the influx of weight gain. So then it went from that to weight loss. That's, yes. that's so crazy. Oh, yeah. Very well calculated. You know, the government used to pay farmers not to grow food um, just to keep the supply cause, so that we, we wouldn't have such a surplus. And which was better, right? Because now we're using more of our resources. The majority of landmass is actually used to grow grains to feed all the animals we kill every year. And now we have a surplus of food. So historically, like in our in our bodies, we used to have to store fat because we didn't know when we were getting our next meal, mm-hmm. right? And now we have a surplus of food in the environment and we overeat because we have too much access available to us. And so now it's just the opposite. You know, they're paid to grow and produce more and more food at a much faster rate. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we don't need it. And we throw away so much, but 
Um, so now we have an unlimited amount of food, 24 7, 365, wherever you go. And let's do it food in air quotes, please. Yes. Because a lot of it's not real food. It's not food at all. So 56.9% of black women are overweight, and 37.6% of black men are overweight. Um, and. It's really scary because it's true. You like to think that, nah, you know, they're just always highlighting our deficiencies mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But you could go anywhere mm-hmm. and see it. You know, you just sit around and people watch and we, we run in packs, we run in groups, and we're all carrying all this excess and extra weight. Um, so how, how does one even begin to reverse obesity? Um, my first... I have so many first things. I don't know if I should start with the sugar. But I've been really focused lately on digestion. Mm. I don't know if it's because I'm, I'll am i be turning 40 in a couple months, but I'm really big on, like, digestion and mm-hmm. a healthy digestive system and focusing on, even though I don't eat preservatives, but just the impact on preservatives. I recently watched a documentary about the impact of preservatives and how people may think, okay, I don't eat that much sugar. I don't eat that much salt. I don't eat this. Why? Okay, so if you're eating food with preservatives in them, your body does not. The way McDonald's preserve food and the way they preserve food on the shelf, mm-hmm. it does not change the moment it goes into your body. Your body still has preserved food in there. Therefore, it cannot break it down the way it would break down something without preservatives. So what does that mean? That means it's not absorbing the nutrients from the food because mm-hmm. it's still preserved. Mm-hmm. And what happens to food it can't digest? Mm-hmm. It turns into what, fat? It's, it's broken down. It's not broken down in the same way. So if your body is not digesting things, your metabolism definitely is slower. You're not extracting the nutrients. You're not having proper bowel movements. It's just so many things. So I would definitely start off with just eliminating preservatives. Yeah, eliminating preservatives is a great one. And I love what you said about the digestive system. So. Out of all of the different systems in our body, you you know the digestive system is the one that we almost never give a break. We never give right. our digestive system a rest. Right. Um, and that's why, you know, at the Black Health Academy, we're such huge promoters of intermittent fasting. Fasting is a phenomenal way of, number one, detoxing, because everybody wants to know, how do I detox? How do I detox? So intermittent fasting is a great way to detox, but also to give your digestive system a rest. Mm -hmm. It's constantly working because we're constantly eating. We're constantly planning for our next meal. We're constantly eating out of boredom. We're constantly feeding. um, And like you said, using food in quotes, oftentimes not even real sustenance. So one of the ways I would suggest, so Jay said, you know, absolutely eliminating preserved foods. Also, introducing some fasting into your regimen. Um, You know, I have to inject some small print here. If you're on any type of medications, you do want to avoid fasting or do it under a doctor's care because you need to be eating or at least do a juice cleanse, a juice fast, but you don't want to do a water fast. So what we recommend is a water fast. And I'm actually about to try a three-day fast. I don't think I told you. Oh, I don't want to be around you during those three days. <laughs> One day makes you angry. So I'm going to try a three-day fast. I'm going to try and do it once every 90 days where you just go three days and completely 
cleanse out your system. All these great things and phenomenal, <laughs> magical things are going to happen. I'm going to call you every single day. Oh, no, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> call me on the day you start eating again, please. That's when you're going to feel amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take one weekend every 90 days and do a three-day fast. Right now, I just do a weekly fast uh, for one day a week. But I am going to do a three-day fast and see a three-day water fast and um, really see what happens. I don't think I'm going to see dramatics just because my diet is already really, really clean. But I'm really excited about this. And more uh, for me, not just the physical, but the mental part of yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say that. You yeah. always are talking about how much clarity you have and your, your memory is stronger and just your cognitive functions. But... I was telling someone, I was trying to explain the whole fasting thing and the whole digestion thing and um, trying to get them to eat better. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not going to fast, at least get like plants that your body can recognize and digest so it doesn't have to work as hard. And I was explaining to them like if uh, how much energy digestion takes. And I was saying like how just, I gave them an example mm -hmm. of when you get sick, how your body doesn't want to eat because it's trying to focus its energy on healing you. Mm. I was like, your body is so intelligent. Just like when you get um, some type of virus, you get a fever. People, you know, get so nervous when you get a fever, but that's your body's way of healing you. Just like it's shutting down your desire to eat because it's trying to use that energy. And they get smart with me. Well, if that's the case, why is every doctor's always trying to get you to eat in your family? I said, they don't. They don't. I said, they absolutely don't. Yeah. They try to get you to drink and hydrate. But I've never seen a doctor trying to shove food down your throat when, you, when you're trying to get better. They may give you a broth at best, but mm -hmm. no, water. Like, you don't need to eat. You don't have to exactly. eat for a day. Right, water and rest, rest, yeah. rest. Yeah, so absolutely. That's a, a good thing, fasting. That's amazing for your body. Yeah, I know um, Dr. Michael Clapper, who is a world-renowned plant-based physician, um, and he's one of the leaders at the True North Health Center, um, they – do uh, water fasting for their you know newer patients to introduce some form of detox before they start them on a plant-based regimen to heal whatever chronic disease they're treating um, and so when people often ask us about detoxing um, and just cleansing out that's one of the things we recommend you know long as you are fit for it meaning you don't have any pre-existing conditions or medications that you're taking so if you are obese and you're trying to figure out how to jumpstart that thing then yeah definitely introducing some fasting fasting into your regimen is one way that you can start but the most important thing when it comes to fasting is not retoxing after the fast so you can clean out for three days or just one day, but then it's very important to get well-versed in clean eating and plant-based nutrition so that you don't then put the toxins back in your body. Another one, another great way is to eliminate sugary beverages. Do not drink your calories. Do not drink your sugar. Mm -hmm. Just eliminating soda and juice alone will help you see tremendous results. I need you to flood your body with water. Water is one of the top life forces there are. We can survive and go days upon days, weeks without food, but not water. If you want to flush your system and if you want to jumpstart your weight loss, the first thing you want to do is start with what you're drinking. Not just sugary drinks too, but also the caffeine. Look at your coffee and your teas and your lattes, you know, whatever your morning beverage is. Are you pouring a lot of cream and sugar into those coffees, right? Start your day, wet your palate with H2O.
And to add on to that, please do me a favor and measure your water. No, nothing peeves me more than when I ask someone, okay, do you drink pop or, um, you know, juice or anything like that? No, I don't drink that. All I drink is water. Well, how much water are you drinking? Because you can drink on that same 16-ounce bottle of water or that same 20 ounces all day long. Right. So even though all you're drinking is water, you need a you need a certain amount. You need the accurate amount. 100%. Or above. Yes. So once you eliminate the well, as you eliminate the sugary beverages, get an accurate take on how much water you're intaking. You mm -hmm. should be drinking half your body weight in ounces. So if you weigh 200 pounds, 100 ounces in water. You weigh, I mean, it, whatever weight it is, half that with with water in ounces. Mm -hmm. uh, the third thing that I would definitely say is refine things, um, not necessarily that's preserved, but things like bread, um, white rice. Um, what's another thing that's kind of like they processed it, but it doesn't have preservatives in it? Like it's, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what are you talking about food? Yeah, I'm talking that, about food right now. Like, um, that's been stripped of its nutrients. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Anything white. Anything <laughs> like, white. Like, just, just dry. <laughs> <laughs> anything. In more ways than one. But, yeah, anything white um, has definitely been stripped. That outer germ has been taken off. Even um, things like quick oats, right? You know what? Versus steel oats and the things that take 10 minutes to cook. Right. I've been wondering about that two minutes because to I cook. just recently switched from the five minute oats. Uh -huh. Even though I normally do steel cuts, but when I'm in a hurry, I will do the five minute oats until I started really thinking about it. Like, why is this five minutes? What did they do? They like, took the outer layer off and took that germ off, which is the most beneficial for us, the layer of fiber, and so it shortens the cooking time. Just, just like with well, white rice and brown rice, right? Oh, I'm they, done. Yeah, they've taken it out the husk. With the rice, for example, and so the outer layer, which typically takes the longest to soften and cook, um, has been stripped. And so that's why white rice takes 15 minutes and brown rice takes 45. And so you want to be eating whole foods that right. are still intact right. the way they came from the earth, right? So when you start reworking your diet... Um, to get you and your family off, you know, away from obesity, you want to be focusing on whole foods. Mm -hmm. Whole foods means they're intact. They're as, you're consuming them as close as you can to the way they came from the earth, yeah. right? Unmanipulated as possible. Very unmanipulated is, is what you want to focus on. Um, I want to go back to the water for a second, Jay, because I think I don't I don't think people understand the magnitude of that water. And I wanted to tell you about this water bottle because a lot of people know I have problems with water, Lisa. I can't get this water down. It's so hard for me. I got a job where I can't be going to the bathroom all day. You know, what are some tips that you use to get your water in throughout the day? Oh, I've tried so many tips because you know I've always struggled with water. Not the the technical. I drinking half my body weight is so easy because right. I weigh like one hundred and forty, and so like of course that's easy. But I want to drink a gallon a day, and so yeah, the whole bathroom thing. My biggest thing for me is telling myself what I'm going to do the night or the day before, what workout I'm going to do, how much I'm going to drink, what I will not do. Like basically telling myself what exactly is expected of myself the day before. I think a lot of people wing it a little bit too mm, much. I love you know, it. Yes. You wing it too much and don't you don't put demands on yourself. Yes. Put demands on your life from yourself. You absolutely will not, your head would not hit the pillow at night if you have not um, drank 
90 ounces of water today and did at least 15 to 20 minutes of movement exactly so basically just putting demands on myself and absolutely no excuse method that's my thing like you can come up with all these different plans okay okay i'm gonna drink a bottle of water when i first wake up and that has worked for me too honestly Mm -hmm. when i'm getting ready like because i get up really early in the morning Mm -hmm. so i can get down like 40 ounces before i even you know get in the shower some days Mm mm-hmm starting your day off very early soon because you lose a lot of time in the morning while you're just getting dressed that's that's the perfect time when you're at home the bathroom's right there and then cut it off maybe 15 20 minutes before you leave out use the bathroom before you leave out and you don't have to worry about it yes you can get some of that down before you leave so putting demands on myself um having a plan for when i'm going to drink it and um i tried your method too not drinking anything until i've consumed the amount that I said I would. Right, not drinking anything else, right. Not drinking anything else, right. Right, yeah, a lot of people aren't familiar with my method of I don't get wine until I've consumed my water for the day. Um, now they have this new water bottle out called Spark Water Bottle, and I'm actually going to try and reach out to this company and see if we can get uh, some type of affiliation with the Black Health Academy, but it monitors how much water you're drinking, mm-hmm. and it lights up if you're not in line with your goals, like to be on track with your goals oh, for the day. So it comes with an app on your phone, and um, the app is linked to the actual water bottle. So you put in how many ounces you need to drink a day. Mm-hmm. You fill it up. And let's say by noon you're not down to 20 ounces. It's going to light up and say you're not on track. And by this time of day, you should have drunk this many ounces. Accountability. A lot of accountability built into this water bottle. And so I thought that was really cool. Um, and then they have apps that you can download to um, remind you. Literally, you get push notifications to remind you to drink your water. Um, some people use charge systems and reward systems. So my reward system is my wine. And then some people use charge systems where they're punish, they punish themselves in some small way. I have a client who you know has to pay his wife a certain amount if he doesn't reach this certain goal a day in his health. And so you can use that method as well. Maybe you're not allowed to get on Facebook for the day until you've drunk your first 30 two ounces right right? so put small mini break it down into micro goals every single day guys but water is one of the best ways to lose weight and i'm talking about drinking nothing but water yeah i uh, heard that from an athlete too like you know i drink so much water because they was asking like how do you stay so fit you eat like so much food he's like man i drink so so much water and it was disgusting. He's like, I'm constantly going to the bathroom doing number two. Like, yeah. you know, the water constantly keeps flushing me out. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Because uh, obesity will take you out the game. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people have complications from obesity. I was driving in a parking lot the other day with the McDonald's in the parking lot. And it had a sign like, mobile orders curbside pickup right here so that you can order food listen through an app now and just pull up to the curb shout out to mcdonald's they never stop trying to get people it's amazing that one billion probably two billion sir how is it what it bill and they never stop trying to rein people and they never they are always 100 percent on their game listen we got this going on like because i'm always amazed when i see a um McDonald's commercial. I'm like, y'all won. Y'all got <laughs> y'all. Y'all got everybody. everybody. Yeah. They still advertise constantly. No, They're here's still- a wait. What for you? <laughs> Speaking of McDonald's, there is a gentleman who wrote a book um, about fast food, mm-hmm. and in this book, he talks about you know McDonald's, of course, because they're like the leaders in fast food. Every industry has tried to emulate McDonald's. Uh, 
the way they do business, whether they're in the food industry or not. Um, but their fries, right, mm -hmm. nat includes natural flavors, right? And you oh, know how hard yeah. we go on this. Natural? Like, yeah, 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 this natural flavors term. Why McDonald's natural flavors in their fries is beef extract? Doesn't surprise me. I think I heard that before. And in their chicken nuggets. Beef extract is one of the natural flavors. So if you're vegan or plant-based and you're avoiding animal products, you need to be avoiding McDonald's fries. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah. It, that's why we always avoid natural uh, natural flavors. What is the natural flavor? Nobody knows. Of? What is this natural flavor that you can't tell us what it is? Yep. Like, no, don't hide behind natural flavors. Listen up. You know, expose yourself. What is it? <laughs> um. You know, knowledge, we always talk about knowledge um, is not power. You know, it's actionary steps once you get the knowledge. But yeah. I do want to say one of the steps is get not, get, learn some new things. Try to learn something at least once a week. I would say every day, but I know people have other things they may be invested in and they can't just watch a documentary or read a book about health every day. But try to learn at least something once a week. I think it is so cool how once you learn something, you can't unlearn it. You can't unknow it. And it somehow it gets downloaded into your your conscious, your subconscious. Uh, Bryce and my son, it's so funny and it's so cute to me how uh, he now asks if it's like something I've never given him before. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, eat this. And he's like, what does this do for me? Mm -hmm. And I, and I got to go be extra. Like it gives you muscles. It makes you run fast. It makes you. But now he understands the relation between food and and you know it can honestly do something for you it's not just food mm -hmm. and he's eight years old so as he gets older i'm going to constantly constantly you know remind him and tell him and he's only going to build on that yes so even if you know when he goes off to college or go whatever and he's going to eat crap i know how kids are but he's still going to always have this knowledge this this database like okay I know my mother says this, this, and this. So he's always going to want to eat. You know, he eats more vegetables now because he thinks it's power. And he, he doesn't, you know, you were over here when I made him that quinoa mm -hmm. and those vegetables and something else. And he just sat there and ate it. Right. Um, a year ago, I couldn't have done that. So it matters. Like, knowledge matters. It, it does. De it definitely helps you transition into a healthy lifestyle easier. Yes. Um, which brings us to the Black Health Academy. That is the this Black Health Academy is the perfect platform for you to get more educated on these chronic diseases and how to eradicate and prevent them. Um, matter of fact, we're launching just this September, and the very first course is going to be on obesity. And we're going to go so much more in-depth in this course on how to eradicate it, um, what to look for, and just to give you back your power. Because, again, this is not—obesity is not caused by genes or hereditary, right? It's, it's caused by lifestyle habits. Oh, Jay, another amazing quote that I heard this week— uh, I love quotes, by the way. They make me so happy. Actually, I was listening to E.T.'s <laughs> podcast, and they had a guest on, and it said, if you're not intentionally healthy, you'll wind up accidentally sick. You think it's accidental? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, no, yeah. You, you didn't mean to, right? It, yeah. it just happened, as, yeah. so, so, as they say. But if you're not intentionally healthy, you'll wind up accidentally sick, and that's 100% true. You can't mistake your lack of a diagnosis or your lack of medications for being healthy and let's just be clear because one of the things that i think we believe is when someone is alive and that they're not in their their illness is not 
you can't see it with your naked eye. Mm-hmm. You know, like my grandma let it be 99. She never worked out. She never, she smoked. You don't know what grandma felt like. You don't know what type of pills grandma was taking. You don't know how her ankles were swollen, how it was hard for her to stand up, how she, you know, got dizzy. You don't know any of that. All you know is that she was alive. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to feel amazing. Yes. That's the goal. Not to just be alive. No. Not to just be alive. You want to feel amazing. You want to feel That's your best goal. self. Yeah, you want to thrive. And so alive and thrive are two very, very, very different conditions. And so you have to be intense intentional about your health and so obesity is not the end of the road if you are obese you can't reverse it you 100 percent can't reverse it i'll be interviewing one of our clients next week on the next episode about how she was able to reverse her obesity and eradicate um and now she's super fit she's off a high blood pressure medication and so we're gonna bring you a real person with a real testimony because a lot of times just hearing it from us you know it's it's just a a broken record on repeat right Mm -hmm. you need to drink water you need to eat healthier you need to incorporate movement which we didn't even go deep into that but just getting up and walking just getting up and taking a short walk Mm -hmm. around the block right makes a huge difference you have to train your body in your lungs in your heart to perform so it's not just what you do in the kitchen but it's what you do um for the rest of the day that makes a huge huge difference and also for those of you out there that are overweight or overbeast or even if you just want to get healthy and you do seek help i don't think we've ever touched on this subject um when you do seek help if that trainer if that nutritionist makes you feel uncomfortable seek other help that I have had so many people reach out to me and say, I tried a trainer before and they and they said so many things that just didn't feel right. Like, you know, just like when you got with your one client, you were like, hey, just try this. You didn't try to make her feel like she could do something another client can do. Mm-hmm. Like your trainer should be, it's not a cookie cutter plan for anyone. They should get to know your background, get to know your physical limitations, get to know you, get to know your background, and they should have plans that are strictly for you. I remember um, my coworker, when she showed me her plan, and she all, he, all she had on there was like <laughs> broccoli, rice, and it was like two other things, and that's what she was supposed to eat oh, all week. Goodness. I said, this trainer does not care about you. Yeah. So if they do give you things that you're like, this don't feel right, or they make me feel like, you know, they push me way too far too fast, it's not you, it's them. Yep. It's not you, it's them. And feel free to seek out another trainer, another nutritionist, or someone else that makes you feel good about you and your journey. Yep, 100%. Another physician, whatever it is, don't think that that person – um, and their way and their methodology is the final say, right? Right. Yeah, you definitely want to seek someone who ha- is in line with your vision, is going to customize your regimen, and who has your best interests at heart. If your dietary plan includes just grilled chicken, brown rice, and vegetables every day and a smoothie for breakfast, then you're doing it wrong, right? We look forward to our food. Eating should be an enjoyable experience, um, and it doesn't have to be punishment just because you're trying to lose weight, just because you're trying to get off medications. Right. Um, finally, Jay, I want to talk about really quickly this uh, soul survivor phenomenon you and I were discussing just the other day. Oh, okay. Because you brought up a really good point when you talked about um, – 
the sole survivors of like plane crashes and people who have survived like these crazy experiences where other people, everybody else died. And what did you say? It was a phenomenon or something that happens with people when they're a sole survivor? People expect greatness automatically. Okay. Like they, um, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. When, like if you survived a plane crash, come on, what you going to do with your life? What you going to be? You, you're here for a reason. What, you know, what you, what are you going to be a doctor? You're going to be travel the world. Like you're, you, you were have, chosen. You were, you're the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And then the person that survived, like, you know, I'm just a regular, I'm just a regular person that survived. Like, yeah, I didn't ask for this. Right. You're putting all this pressure on me to be something when in all actuality, you have the same exact qualifications or whatever. You have a life that you could be doing those things, but yet people look at to the chosen one and put all the pressures on them. And that goes with being the first for, you know, anything like we were discussing. Yeah, it made me think about being the sole survivor in your health and your family. So not necessarily meaning that everyone has passed on, but thinking about, okay, your mother and father may be overweight, your mm-hmm. your sister and brother may be overweight, mm-hmm. all your close cousins, or maybe they're all, you know, have high blood pressure, have hypertension, and everybody's taking these meds. And you are headed down that path, mm-hmm. but then you catch it, you reverse it, yeah, you're, right? Yeah, You're a sole survivor of that condition. Right, So right, right. not sole survivor necessarily that everyone's passed on, but sole survivor as in you beat obesity, right. you beat hypertension, you beat high cholesterol. Um, maybe both of your parents died in their 50s of a heart attack and now you're in your 60s. You're the sole survivor of what should have been your fate. Ooh. Right? Yeah, that that's absolutely. Yeah, so that could be. And I was thinking about it when I was thinking about just a new idea. Like yeah. when you, like veganism. Yes. If you're the, the first vegan in your family. Or the plant-based person, right. Right. Like you're a soul survivor of soul food. Soul food didn't take you out the game. Right. And, and it's almost like you have to stay committed. So I was thinking about how my commitment to, um, so you know the Universal Circle Circus is here. Yes. And my sister sent out a text to our family like, hey, who's interested in going to the circus, the Universal Circus? And I immediately shot back a text like, I'm not going to the circus. They abuse animals. Right. Like, I don't go, I no longer go to any circus that has animals in it, hands down. Right. I, I don't care if you have a bunny. I don't care if you have a lion. I don't care if you got the best tricks on earth. I don't care if it's free. I will not, me or my children will not be attending. Right. You will not. And I was saying, and then my sister t- uh, texted back like, you sound so white. Mm-hmm. I didn't even bother to respond. Mm. This is my belief, and this is what I'm standing on. Right. Um. And so, just to see, just to test out my theory, I asked my daughter, like, "Hey, you want to go to the circus?" And she's like, "Will there be animals in it?" Like, now I'm passing on this soul thing to her because she's like, uh, "No, you told me <laughs> the animals are abused." Um. And it, it, it's just crazy how the idea to my family is new. Like, it's not right. New. We go to circuses. They're right. fun. What's the big deal? We all have children. The circus comes to town. No, absolutely not. We pay to see these. Absolutely not. You know, encaged animals work for us out of side of their yeah. natural environment. Um, so you're right. You guys are like sole survivors outside of this ideology. Right. Um, that we do this one thing. Right. And right? you're not going to talk me out of it. Right. So. You're not going to convince me to eat turkey on Thanksgiving, to eat macaroni and cheese on Christmas. Like, no. But what if you don't want that? What if, you, what if you're the sole survivor and you're in college and you don't want to be in college anymore? You know what I'm saying? 
Like we all, you don't get it. Okay, for instance, no one in your family went to college. Okay. You're the first one to go to college. Right. And you want to drop out. Okay. Then what do you become? Like, I think it's it is, it's a positive and a negative. Right. Now you don't even feel free. Like, hey, I want to be like a freelance writer. Oh, I wanna, right, right, I right. Wanna, I don't want to do this college thing. I, maybe I want to start being an entrepreneur like today. I don't want to do this. It's a lot of it's a lot of responsibility and weight on your shoulders. Right. Like, you can, you can make it for the rest of us type right, of thing. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so it could be the negative. Like, my family, like, okay, really, you, the animals, I mean, come on. Or it could be like, we all believe in you. We are all rooting for you. But I think the bottom line really is you have to tap into yourself and, and get your why. Are you doing this for you or are you doing it for who are you doing it for? And what are your reasons you're doing it for people? Because I don't think doing things for other people is a bad thing. No, I was just getting ready to say that. Like, sometimes you do put your selfish needs and wants aside mm-hmm. and do this to make yeah. somebody proud. I don't think that I could just stop working out and eating right because I had too many people who believe in me. Yep. Like, even when they fall off, come back, I've been going strong for years. So if I fall off, come on now, how, much you, how do you think you're going to be able to do it? Yeah. Like, you know, it's all I've been preaching about. So I definitely, I do it for me, but I also do it for my family. Right. So, you know, but I think sometimes you just have to dig deep. Is it causing you stress? Right. Is it something that you actually love? Is it too much pressure? Like, you know, where, where, where do you draw the line? Yeah, where is the strain and is it manageable and is it worth it? Because strain sometimes is worth it. But sure. at the end of the day, your goal, if everyone in your family is obese, if everyone in your family is on medication for one thing or another, struggle with back pain, struggle with bad eating, make your goal to be the sole survivor of that in your family, in your circle. Look around at your friends. Do you all trend in the same unhealthy direction, right? Make yourself the sole survivor of this condition and change the trajectory for everybody coming behind you. No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. And if you need help with that, join us over at the Black Health Academy. The Black Health Academy is an affordable membership site and community dedicated to educating you on how to eradicate things like diabetes, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, obesity, heart disease, right? This is where all our troubles lie. And the good news, guys, though, is that all these things are 100% preventable. It starts with a made-up mind, though. You have to make up your mind to be a sole survivor of this condition and change the paths for those coming behind you. Set an example for those who are surrounded by you, um, and you can beat this thing. Obesity is not a fate that you have to accept. You're never too old. You're never too poor. You're never too uneducated. You have everything you need within you to beat obesity. And I encourage you to take that first step um, and do just that. All right. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in to the first episode of Black Health Academy. I don't know, Jay, how you feel about it. Take us out in the tune. I feel like that'll wrap it up in the perfect little... Uh, you know- Wait. <clears throat> okay. Me, 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 me. Do I sound okay? Me, me. Perfect. Well, a little more because I feel like me, that me, tea. Me, 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 well, there it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Thank you for tuning into the Black Health Academy. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. You just going to hold it like that? Oh, you just going to hold <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm showing out okay. today. You showing yeah, out. Yeah, bookings, right. you know, just click the link. We'll have something for bookings. <laughs> 
as always, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Black Health Academy podcast, your bi-weekly podcast dedicated to the eradication of chronic diseases in the black community. Until next time, be, be well. well. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm out. Seacrest out. I can't. <laughs>